So tonight uh, is, a, is our regular Dhamma session uh, where we meet every Friday at this time. Uh, so this is a good chance, a good opportunity for uh, the development of mindfulness, uh, the development of concentration and wisdom. Uh, and basically this is uh, coming together for the uh, improvement uh, uh, of, of our minds. And so when we chant, then uh, we develop mindfulness along with the chanting. And so if we can keep our mindfulness continuous, uh, then concentration will uh, begin to arise. Uh, when uh, our concentration starts to deepen, uh, we may uh, get uh, forms of rapture arising, uh, and this characterizes uh, the stillness and, and peacefulness of mind. Some examples of rapture are when uh, there may be tears coming out from your eyes, uh, <clears throat> the body may feel very light, uh, or the body may feel like it's even floating. And so this is a sign that the mind is becoming peaceful uh, and a sign of, of uh, rapture. When one experiences this, then uh, one gains more faith, uh, more conviction in uh, the Buddha, Dhamma Sangha, uh, and this uh, gives one more, uh, is it more, uh, one's willing to put forth more effort into the practice. So when one puts forth effort in this way, uh, one's effort becomes continuous. Uh, then uh, samadhi or concentration uh, gradually arises. Uh, it arises first as kanika samadhi, uh, just a momentary concentration. So one may uh, be chanting and experience feelings of uh, rapture. Uh, one may have tears uh, flowing down their, their, their face. Uh, and so one, or even when one listens to the Dhamma like you are right now, one may, just by listening to the sound of uh, the Dhamma, one may gain uh, peace or, or a very strong uh, level of peacefulness. The mind may feel like it uh, comes uh, together and uh, develops concentration. Uh, one may feel even that uh, an immense, uh, profound uh, joy and happiness inside just from listening to the Dhamma. The mind may feel very uh, strong, uh, very, very strong at this time, uh, and the, the mind and the body may even begin to feel as if it's separating. Uh, we may even feel like we don't even have a body there uh, there may be just uh, the breath and butto uh, that's left in our awareness. And this is when the mind uh, is, is becoming peaceful. Uh, we may feel like uh, our body starts to disappear. The arms, uh, our legs, everything starts to, to disappear from our awareness. Uh, we may feel that we're just left with uh, a lot of happiness and fullness of mind. Uh, and this is when samadhi is arising. So the time when you're sitting meditation or sitting uh, here listening to the Dhamma, uh, you need to put down 
these uh, thoughts or the wanderings of the mind to the past uh, and the thoughts of the future. And so you have to put down this, this thinking uh, and uh, bring the mind to stay in the present moment. Uh, and you have to try to stay in the present moment as much as you can. Uh, so when one is able to develop this mindfulness to stay in the present moment, then uh, this is when samadhi uh, begins to arise. Uh, then when, uh, this, when there's this uh, faculty of samadhi, then, uh, when, then one is able to see uh, the thoughts that arise, they're simply arising, uh, staying, and passing away. Uh, or one may see that the whole world, everything in it, is uh, simply all conventions. Uh, they're simply all things that come about uh, and, and pass away. Uh, there is no self, uh, no person, no me or you uh, there in this world. Uh, it's all just simply uh, conventions. Uh, we may see that this uh, body of ours uh, is really just uh, a combination or the coming together of the four great elements. Uh, and uh, this is these, these four elements or this body is something that uh, out of delusion we take as a self. Uh, we give it a name, a person, uh, we call it male or female, but in reality uh, these are all simply conventions, all the coming together of these, these elements. Uh, and, and with a mind that uh, has peace, has uh, calm, uh, one is able to see the uh, unattractive nature of the body uh, they can see that this body is of the nature to decay uh, and ultimately there's no self there uh, within the body. Uh, and this is what we call Pawana Maya Panya, uh, the arising of wisdom that comes about from your meditation or your concentration. And this uh, type of wisdom is the one that's uh, able to see clearly into the truth, uh, this truth that uh, we ought to practice to see. And so one may see the Dhamma, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to occur when you're sitting meditation. Uh, one may even be listening to the Dhamma like uh, you are now, and the mind can uh, suddenly become very bright, uh, very pure, uh, and have uh, wisdom arise uh, while you are listening to this t uh, to a talk, to a Dhamma talk. Uh, so right there you may see that this world is all simply conventions. Uh, they're just some, uh, you know, they're coming together and, and staying and breaking apart. Uh, this is when the, the mind is able to see through conventions, to, to see beyond conventions to the ultimate reality. And when one, if one is able to see uh, this truth, and we call this Tatanga Vimuti. Uh, this is a, a moment, momentary uh, uh, letting go of, of uh, sorry, a momentary liberation. And so when one experiences this, uh, one is able to let go of the, their desires and attachments they have to, uh, to this self. Uh, and so uh, when one is able to develop this and one is able to uh, uh, gradually let go the three lower fetters that binds one to uh, this world, to existence, uh, which 
uh, uh, this attachment to self, self-identity view, uh, skeptical doubt, and attachment to uh, practices and precepts. So uh, we may ask, uh, you know, what, what, is, what is this mind really? <clears throat> you know, why is there feelings of happiness arising? Why is there feelings of uh, sadness or, or, or suffering arising? <clears throat> and what, what, what is this mind? <clears throat> this, this mind is this uh, element of, of knowing. Uh, that's all it is. Just a simply, an, it's an element uh, that, that, that knows. Uh, its duty is to receive all the, the sense contact uh, that we receive from the, the outside world. Uh, but when there's delusion in the mind, uh, then the mind will begin to, sorry, then the mind will attach to all these uh, sensory objects. Uh, and attachment to these objects uh, is the cause for our unhappiness. So our practice is to increase, to uh, train this, uh, this knower. Uh, uh, we have to start to uh, begin, begin to, to know these sensory objects uh, as they arise, uh, not get uh, tricked by the, the delusion of the mind. And so we have to see these, uh, ob- these sensory objects as simply things that arise, stay a while, and, and pass away. Uh, if we're able to see in this way, then... Uh, the mind won't attach to these uh, objects out of delusion, and then this will uh, free us from from suffering. So all of us need to practice to develop this this knower uh, within the mind. So just in the space of one day, uh, you're constantly receiving uh, the objects from from the outside world, uh, whether it be in terms of the, the eyes, ears, nose, uh, tongue or body or the mi- or the mind, uh, and this causes the mind to uh, be very uh, disturbed, uh, to proliferate a lot, uh, and basically everything that it receives it takes in terms of a self, in terms of a me, a you, I. Uh, it it sees things uh, based on the past, based on the future, uh, and this is occurring all the time. Uh, and when this uh, occurs continuously, then one isn't able to gain any peace uh, within the mind, no calm in the mind. Uh, so this uh, calm in the mind, there's certain obstacles that uh, uh, sort of get in the way from one's uh, obtaining of, of peace. Uh, there's certain uh, forms of, of liking or attraction or love uh, or on the other side, there's disliking. They may have, you may have anger, ill will to certain uh, sense uh, contact. Uh, the mind may continuously be going to the past or to the future. Uh, one may uh, uh, have feelings of uh, tiredness or sleepiness. Uh, one may feel uh, a lot of uh, distraction and disturbance in the forms of, of thoughts that are arising in the mind, or one may have uh, different doubts that arise. And so all these uh, five hindrances uh, to peace, 
uh, are constantly arising each day or, or throughout the whole day. And so one needs to train the mind in order to be able to get past these hindrances uh, and to develop uh, calm and peace within the mind. Uh, and when, when one is able to train the mind, then one uh, will start to begin to see uh, the truth of, of Dhamma. So when one develops uh, concentration, then uh, the mind becomes very, very clear. Uh, one is able to see all the mental objects that are arising and, and entering the mind. Uh, one can see that usually uh, all these uh, mental objects uh, cause the mind to, to proliferate uh, and be very disturbed. Uh, so with this samadhi or concentration, one is able to uh, see these uh, objects as simply, uh, the objects that are entering the mind are simply just uh, arising and passing away. Uh, this is when one is able to develop wisdom. And so in the Zen tradition, uh, they teach, uh, it's as if uh, we have a very clear uh, glass. And uh, this glass will constantly uh, pick up uh, dust. Uh, and so this will, uh, yeah, what is it? Not make it, not make it so clear or not make it so see-through. And so we have to keep cleaning this glass and keep making it uh, very clear. And so in the beginning of our practice, uh, we have to begin practicing just like this. Uh, so when different uh, moods, uh, emotions, thoughts arise uh, in the mind, uh, they may take the form of uh, uh, attraction or liking, or uh, if, if it's in the form of attraction and liking, then we have to uh, develop mindfulness and be able to, to put these uh, moods and emotions down. Um, if it's in the form of uh, anger, irritation, ill will, uh, then we have to develop uh, loving kindness uh, to counteract these, these moods and emotions. So we, we practice this by, by developing uh, our concentration through our formal meditation, uh, but also uh, by developing mindfulness throughout the day. Uh, and so just in, in one day, uh, there'll be a lot of uh, forms of liking and disliking that are constantly arising in the mind. And so we have to keep uh, looking after the mind uh, just like we look after the glass. Uh, we'll keep cleaning it and keep uh, getting rid of the, any dust that uh, stays on the glass. Uh, just keep doing this uh, until the dust disappears or until these uh, mental objects, they, they disappear and uh, the mind or the glass is, is left very clear. And this is uh, uh, what we call a temporary liberation. And so if we can practice in this way a lot, uh, then uh, these moods and emotions that are very deeply embedded within our mind, uh, we may have a lot of uh, suffering that uh, we remember, uh, from our memories of the past, and these are very deeply embedded that we can't put down and can't get rid of. And they're constantly coming up to uh, give us problems, uh, to come up in our mind. Uh, uh, if we're able to keep the mind in a good state, uh, uh, develop this concentration of wisdom, then we'll see that uh, 
constantly worrying about all these uh, memories or bad memories from the past uh, hasn't, doesn't have much benefit, uh, we'll be able to see that they're simply memories and be able to, to put them down. Uh, and this is the same as putting our suffering down. Uh, and uh, we do this through the, the seeing of, of truth or seeing of uh, impermanence, suffering and, and not self of these, this, uh, these memories. Uh, and if we, if we aren't able to get to this point yet, then uh, we can, uh, our contemplation doesn't seem to bring much fruit, then we uh, can go back to, to the breath, uh, keep having mindfulness and awareness of the breath until the mind becomes peaceful, uh, gains strength, then we can go back to contemplating uh, these, these uh, mental objects. And so the training is to, to get to know these uh, mental objects uh, as, as they arise, to get to know them in time as they arise. Uh, this is the developing of, of mindfulness. Uh, so, so pretty much throughout the day, uh, our mindfulness isn't able to keep up with these uh, mental objects that, are, that uh, our, our mind contacts with. Uh, we can try if uh, these, if we have a lot of uh, disturbance, distraction within the mind, we can just try to uh, inhale uh, very deeply uh, and then exhale very deeply, uh, get this oxygen within the body uh, as a way to, to develop mindfulness. Uh, and so uh, by practicing this, this mindfulness uh, of breathing, uh, slowly we'll be able to develop peace and calm in the mind. Uh, so we have to ask ourselves uh, in the space of one day, uh, how much are we getting rid of this sense of self uh, that occurs in the mind? Uh, usually throughout, just in the space of one day, uh, we don't have much mindfulness. Uh, we're going about through our work, our activities, our duties, and everything we're seeing in terms of self uh, and, and having attachment to, to external objects. And so if we contemplate uh, to see them in the, in the true light uh, in, in terms of wisdom, then the mind is able to, to put down these attachments, uh, put down uh, any desires and attachments. And if it's able to put uh, down these desires and attachments, this is what we call the temporary liberation or temporary nibbana uh, that occurs in the mind. So Ajahn Chah, uh, he taught that the, the object of uh, insights uh, meditation is, is the seeing of uh, impermanent suffering and not self of, of any objects. <clears throat> if uh, we have this contemplation of impermanent suffering and not self, if we can see clearly into this, uh, then this is uh, wisdom that's uh, arising. Uh, so if we uh, begin to see this body, this form, as simply just a body, uh, we see that there's no self uh, inherent self in this body, there's no me, there's no you, or if uh, any feelings that are arising, they're just simply feelings uh, that are coming and, and, and passing away. Or when there's objects within the mind, then we see that these are just uh, arising and passing away. Uh, when we're able to contemplate and see clearly in this way, then the mind becomes uh, at ease. Uh, it's able to, to let go and put things down and this is what we call the, uh, the wisdom developing samadhi or concentration. And so the mind uh, 
if it can develop this, then uh, it develops a temporary uh, liberation, a temporary emptiness uh, of the mind. So if you practice this uh, from today uh, till next Friday when we meet, uh, then uh, you, you're certain to have uh, improved and developed your mind uh, during the space of that time. And then uh, just at, uh, you may have just one moment where uh, the mind is able to be completely free from all these uh, mental objects that, it's that it usually attaches to. And when you have this uh, experience, then the, the mind will be able to feel a very true, a very lasting uh, happiness. So this is uh, the seeing of uh, interconventions. Uh, so, uh, for instance, you know, when I have a look at uh, this, this center, the uh, Banda Utama Center in, in Malaysia, it looks like there's a, a lot of people there. So I'm gathering if, if there was 300 people in that hall, uh, you'd all say it was very full. It was a very full hall. But if there was only just a few of you there, then you'd say this hall was uh, very big, very empty. But really, the hall isn't, isn't big, it isn't small. Uh, there's not a lot of people, there's not a little amount of people. Uh, these are just the conventions that our mind uh, brings up and, and holds to. Uh, in reality, it's, it's just right, whether, it's, uh, whether you consider it big or small. Uh, in reality, it's, it's, it's just right. Uh, this is the, the contemplation that is able to see into the truth. Uh, <clears throat> and so when one is able to do this, one is able to see uh, beyond the conventions of uh, males, females, persons, animals, uh, world, worldly objects. Uh, can see it's all just uh, simply conventions. And when one is able to see this, then one can uh, begin to let go of these, uh, these conventions. Uh, this is when the mind becomes clear, uh, the mind develops wisdom, uh, and it can be free from suffering and see into the, the truth of Dhamma. We all have to practice to, to improve and to train this mind. Uh, what, when we practice in this way, we're able to slowly change the mind from just being a, a normal uh, a human being or a normal worldly being uh, one who has uh, very uh, many uh, defilements still, uh, we're able to train to lift our minds up to become a, uh, one who is uh, a good human being. The mind becomes uh, more radiant, more beautiful, uh, but when we're uh, going about living in the world, uh, we have to uh, contact with a lot of people that, are, that may have very coarse defilements. And so we have to continuously receive this from others. And so when we do, uh, we have to practice a lot of uh, patient endurance, a lot of restraint, uh, and uh, practice to, to develop this, this calm and peace of the mind so we're able to let go of these, uh, the, the negative emotions that may arise from dealing with these people. And so throughout the day, we have to have certain times where we we're practicing, uh, practicing to, to develop this, this peace and calm in the mind. Uh, and if we're able to do this more and more, then the mind is able to uh, develop from being a, a good human being to one that is uh, considered a, a noble being.
So that's probably enough for the uh, Dhamma talk. So if you have an opportunity for people to ask questions. Hello, Dajun, just want to ask, uh, just now you talk about there is a tears during uh, meditation. So sometimes when the tear comes, because the mind is so joyful, how do we maintain Upeka? Because sometimes when there is too much tear come, the mind become overly excited and then suddenly everything gone. <laughs> so this uh, feeling of rapture, and this is actually one of the, the path factors uh, to in, enlightenment, uh, to seeing the Dhamma. Uh, there's, there's seven of them uh, in, in total. And so you may, uh, another one is uh, the calmness and, and a stillness of the mind. And another one is this, uh, the, the mind that is uh, uh, equanimous. And so when this uh, rapture arises in your meditation or, or whenever it arises, uh, you have to just, just know that, uh, that it's arising. So when it passes away, you also just know that it's passing away. And then this is how you're able to develop uh, wisdom, and uh, this will lead to this, this uh, equ equanimity of mind. Uh, and so when uh, you have concentration, uh, when you've developed concentration, uh, then uh, this uh, state of mind will be able to see into uh, this, this, uh, these uh, feelings of rapture as, as simply as just impermanent, simply just arising and passing away then the mind can really just let go of, of all this and, it's, uh, and develop this uh, feeling of, uh, of emptiness. Is that, is that clear? That... Yes, thank you. Okay, uh, the question is, when we, when we contemplate the five khandhas and the six tense doors, uh, and we actually contemplate as sankharas in order to develop higher wisdom, uh, is it necessary for us to develop Apanasamadhi, um, or is it sufficient for us to just have Vachara Samadhi? Because in the, in the Nikayas, in the scriptures, I think the Buddha actually praises the development of jhanas. And the, the jhanas that the Buddha refers to uh, appears to be referring to Apanasamadhi. So, um, you know, and jhana is something that the Buddha praises. So the question now is whether is it, is it absolutely necessary for us to have Ahana Samadhi or, mm. or you know, whether Upacha Samadhi itself is sufficient for us to contemplate to develop wisdom? Uh, it's, it's best to, to talk about the first step when we're developing uh, concentration, we're developing insight. Uh, in the beginning, we have to, uh, when we start to practice, we start to develop concentration, uh, we only can develop this concentration to a small amount. And so when we use this uh, samadhi or concentration, uh, then the insight that we gain uh, is also uh, very small. It may not yet be very clear, uh, a clear, true insight, uh, but the mind is, uh, feels a lot more at ease uh, because of this uh, contemplation and because of these small insights. Uh, but when we keep practicing developing concentration, uh, our concentration improves uh, to the state of 
upajara samadhi or, or access concentration, uh, then when we use this uh, concentration to, to contemplate, uh, then we're able to see a lot more clear, clearly than uh, when we only had a very small amount of uh, samadhi. Uh, but, in, but really, we're contemplating the same things. There's nothing different that we're contemplating. Uh, we're still contemplating into this body, uh, in trying to see it as, as non-self, uh, and to see the truth in light of this. Uh, it's just that uh, the mind is able to, to let go more because of uh, the amount of samadhi and the amount of, of wisdom that it develops. And so we keep practicing in this way, developing concentration, developing wisdom, uh, until the mind is able to uh, enter full concentration or apana samadhi. Uh, then when we contemplate in this way, then we can see uh, very clearly into the Dhamma, into, into the same things that we had been contemplating before. And then this is when the mind uh, begins to rotate, begins to rotate on its own. It, it, uh, because of this samadhi and wisdom, then uh, the mind by itself uh, wants to put forth more effort into the practice, into seeing this uh, Dhamma clearly. And it keeps uh, uh, going, uh, say, keeps developing like this uh, by itself until it's able to see the Dhamma. Uh, but if, uh, if you have a lot of uh, spiritual uh, merits that you've developed in, in the past or in past lives, uh, then you may just listen to a Dhamma talk uh, and the mind will just come together. Uh, the mind will see very clearly into the Dhamma and you may uh, develop uh, that insight uh, that will take you beyond... Uh, uh, that will take you to see the Dhamma, you may develop it right there just by listening to a talk. Uh, but this is if you've developed a lot of uh, spiritual merits in the past. Uh, but if it's, you're not at that point yet, then you just have to keep building these merits uh, bit by bit until you're able to, to see the Dhamma. Uh, but you shouldn't uh, get... Uh, you shouldn't be disheartened uh, because... Uh, by hearing that you know, it takes a lot of effort and you have to develop these this, uh, spiritual merits to such a high level. Or if you, if you read uh, the suttas and it says you have to practice till full concentration, you know, don't uh, be disheartened that you, you're not there yet. Uh, you're, you're all walking uh, the path of, of uh, the sotapanna each, each day. Uh, and so if you keep walking without stopping, then you'll definitely be able to see the Dhamma one day. Yes. Uh, the first question is, we always use our physical brain to retain memories. After death, when the body and brain are cremated, only the mind, uh, only the mind is left, only left the mind. How does the mind have memories of the life that has just ended? What happens to it? Is that right? Yeah, what, I mean, uh, how does the mind... How does the mind have memories of the life that has just ended? When say these, these memories that is retained in the mind, uh, they're kept in the form of, of karma. Uh, so they may be very deep uh, feelings associated with these memories. And so they're kept uh, deep within the mind. Uh, it's, it's just like uh, if we have a mango seed and we plant this uh, and... Uh, 
and it, it grows uh, the the stalk, the, the roots, the stalk, the branches, the mango. Uh, this is all uh, kept within this this mind or this seed, uh, and so. So, 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 yeah, so these memories that are associated with the brain, they just cease. Uh, they arise and they cease. Uh, they just, uh, the, we call sankharas. And so they arise and they pass away. And, but it's kept within the mind as, as karma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, there's a mundane uh, saying that, uh, uh, is it true that uh, there's this saying that uh, be careful for what you wish for, you might get it. There's this mundane uh, saying that said that be careful for what you wish for, you might get it. Is it true? Is there certain truth to it? Uh, so this comes back to, to the mind. The mind is the forerunner uh, of all things. Uh, the mind is the leader. And so if one... Uh, wishes for things that uh, aren't that wholesome, uh, then uh, the mind may actually get born uh, in that uh, wish or that, that thing that uh, you wish for. Uh, and so you have to be careful, uh, but instead, uh, if you're going to make a wish or a determination to do something that, that is, is wholesome uh, and has, has benefit. Yeah, Ajahn. So... We, we all know that, right, we should practice to, to treat everyone the same, right? No man, no woman, but we got to practice until when then we can have this, uh, uh, we can see everyone the same. Because uh, right now, right, when we see someone, we see women, we see men, then sometimes got this attachment, or maybe it got this anger because of someone that we don't like. So uh, the question is, we should, uh, first question is that we should practice until one level. Then the second question is that uh, before that level, right, uh, how we should actually uh, treat the mind so that it will not fall into the defilement and the craving. Okay, so I think the question was about uh, practicing to, to see everyone the same so anger and other uh, defilements won't arise. So in the beginning, one, uh, one is going to have uh, these feelings of anger and dislike for, for other people. Uh, so, so when these feelings arise, you have to patiently endure them, these feelings, uh, and then develop uh, loving kindness uh, to yourself and, and to others. Uh, but you, you may practice in this way and then be able to, to feel at ease uh, as a result of this, this practice, but uh, later you may uh, meet this person or just see their face and, and, and it, it can bring a lot of ill will, a lot of anger. And so at this time you have to have uh, mindfulness uh, there to, to, to know it, to know these uh, negative feelings. Or you, can, you can contemplate to yourself that, uh, you know, that death is, is certain. Uh, it's, it's unsure how long uh, we, have, we have to live uh, if you see clearly uh, and with this understanding of, of death, then uh, these feelings of anger can subside and, and go away. Uh, and later, if one develops this contemplation uh, to a higher level, then uh, one won't, at least won't want to harm the, uh, that person or other people. Uh, they may still have 
feelings of uh, ill will uh, in the mind or some bad thoughts, uh, but at least it won't go, go to, to physically or, or verbally harming them. Uh, so in the beginning, this may be difficult to, to practice, but uh, you, you practice with developing loving-kindness uh, first. Uh, and so if, uh, if you can practice in this way, then you can reduce and get rid of this, this anger. And oh no, sorry. If, if you contemplate uh, properly, then you'll see, oh, why, why do I get angry? Uh, you know, when I get angry, it just brings uh, myself more, more pain and more suffering. So why, why bother with that? So wishes everyone all the best. May you all have a lot of uh, patience, a lot of endurance.